Hey mama, is the number one dream in your heart to have more time to be present with your kids? Do you wish you could be present enough to help create and instill godly character? Yet you are so busy with work, drowning in the to-dos, the laundry, and the carpool lines. Hi, I'm Michelle, a mom to three energetic kids, wife to an amazing guy, and daughter of the king. For years, I tried to manage my home while struggling to still have time to pour into my kids. The guilt was overwhelming and the to-do list just kept growing. And I was completely overwhelmed and stressed until I realized that I could create systems in my life and my motherhood that would change everything. In this podcast, you will learn time management, batching, habit stacking, setting boundaries, home organization, outsourcing, and you better believe we are going to be dishing out some chores so we can create hours of intentional time to pour into our kids since that is our number one priority as vibrant moms. Grab that lukewarm coffee. Let's stop time. Hey friends, you are in for a treat today. We're going to be talking with Danny Watson, who is a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. She is an amazing wife. She's a boy mom. She's got three teenage boys. She is a Jesus lover and a popcorn enthusiast. She and I talk all about how to love your home and some easy, fun tricks that you can do to just make your home fun. And these are super easy, super tiny little things. So they don't take a lot of time because we know as moms, we don't have much time, right? Anyways, if you would like to connect with her after our conversation and everything, you can find her at the podcast Fig and Farm or at her website, Fig and Farm at Home. And she is just a delight to talk with. She's super fun. And I just know you're going to love this time. She's also given our listeners a very special gift of $50 off her Home Design 101 course. So if you're interested in that after we talk or after you look at her website or whatever, if you would like that coupon code, that is a gift for you. It's in the show notes of the coupon code. And so use that if you are having a little bit of trouble getting your home in order, or if you just want to like love your home more. So let's jump on in. Welcome, Danny. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got started. Yeah. Oh, this is a great question. You know, you probably know too, Michelle, that when you start the road of entrepreneurship, it is not linear, right? You go here and there and all the places. And that is very much me. So I actually went to school to college to be a first grade teacher which I did and pursued that road for a very long time. So teaching has always been the core of who I am, even from the very early days. But when I started having babies, I realized I actually want to spend time with my babies. And even though I miss those teeny tinies in the classroom, I want to spend time with my kiddos. And I stayed home and that meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. Like I remember Michelle when my husband was starting his career 
And he is a white collar career guy. So he needed to wear ties. He needed to wear the fancy things. And we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money at all in order to get him dressed appropriately for work. So we waited every month for the JCPenney coupon to come in the mail, the $10 coupon, so we could buy the $12 shirt and end up spending two. <laughs> and it was during that time of staying home and kind of that hardship that I got a little bored because those babies sleep a lot. And we ended up having three. I'm a mom of three boys. And I got tired of looking at the same four walls. And so while they napped, I couldn't nap anymore. While they napped, I started creating and using what we had in our garage to make our space different, to change up what I was looking at. And one day I, when Owen was napping, he's my very, my oldest, he's now 17, which I can't believe. I went out to the garage and I looked to see what leftover paint we had. And we had just a little bit, enough to make stripes on the wall. And it was that moment, Michelle, that I realized the power of paint. Paint changes things so dramatically, so drastically. So I, you know, fast forward a couple years, right? And I had a baby business on Etsy and I had tutored here and there and all of the things I coached to even in middle school sports, but learning how to decorate my home was the catalyst to now becoming a home decorator. And so what I do now, that was a very long way to say I teach busy moms how to decorate their homes on a budget because I know that we are surrounded by pictures on Instagram and Pinterest and all the things of like, what is beautiful? But most of us have real homes, real homes with sometimes janky countertops and janky wood trim. And we all want the Pinterest pretty thing. So my goal, my hope is to teach moms how to reconcile that place of where their homes are, where their budgets are, and where they want to be. So that's what I do. And I do that on a podcast called Fig and Farm at Home. I love it. Because you're right. <laughs> we see these beautiful pictures, right? And we're like, oh, I wish my home looked like that. But yeah. we don't have the budget to spend to be like, I'm going to redo all my countertops, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then all those, you know, shows we love watching on Magnolia Network or HGTV. I mean, those are so inspiring, but ultimately they can lead to a feeling of comparisonitis or, oh, I wish that, or I want that. But there are things we can do today. There are things you can do in a home that is even set from 1980s or beyond that you can do to make it a home that you absolutely love. So that's my mission. Yeah. And like watching, as you said, watching those DIY shows, you're like, oh, it only took them a weekend. It's fine. Yeah. I could just, you know, knock it out. I can do this. And so you're like, it's, I can, you know, you get yeah. a little bit like excited to do a project. And then right. you realize halfway through, like, oh, this is a lot of work. I'm not sure if we can finish this in a weekend. Yeah. This is a lot of work. And what team behind the scenes did we not see over there? Right. right. What of a hundred people did they have? you know, the planning and the executing, it all takes time and effort and energy and a lot of money. Right. Right. Well, I'm so excited to have you because like paint and like DIY crafting things like scare me. So (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, you took paint and painted it on the wall. Like it just freaks me out, but awesome. I'm so excited because that's not a niche that (laughs) I have. (laughs) Well, and paint, let's just talk about paint for one second, because 
Heat doesn't have to be scary. So, you know, when I think about making big change in your home and wanting to unify your space a little bit, really, there are two ways you can think about it. You can think about the foundation of your home, which are the floors and the walls. And if we stop right there, if we just think anytime you unify a space, you make it cohesive, you make it put together. That's kind of a word that sometimes moms use, put together. The word designers use is cohesive. We want it cohesive. And that is the thing that makes it beautiful. But if you're thinking about the flooring that runs from room to room to room to room, and you can either change that or you can change the other foundation piece, which is the walls, which one's going to be more accessible, right? It's going to be the walls. And when you kind of put that into perspective, think those floors, if I, if I changed the floors to my whole house, that could be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Would it make it look beautiful? Sure. But you still have to address the walls, right? Because your eyes are up here and that's where your vision goes, sightline room to room to room. And so having a color palette that you can carry from room to room to room in an open concept area is the easiest, most simple way you can create a home that looks and feels cohesive. And that cohesiveness makes it look beautiful. I love that. With just like, you know, as you said, just painting the walls makes it totally different. Yeah. I remember my husband and I, this is gosh, 10 years ago now. And I don't even want to say walls. I mean, the things that are on the walls too, right? The wood trim, we call that the millwork, the kitchen cabinets, anything that's on the walls, doors even. A few years ago, 10 years ago, I was so tired of looking at my builder grade wood cabinets. We didn't have a window in our kitchen. There was no natural light. It was really dark. And I mean, let's not even talk about the backsplash, which was like faux brick, which is not my thing, but it just made it dark upon dark upon dark. And I decided what's the worst that can happen. I've been painting furniture for years. I think I know how to tackle this beast of the kitchen. I'm going to do it. I walked in, Michelle, after doing, um, I was seriously, your viewers can't or your listeners can't see this, but I was like this. (gasps) jaw dropped. It was so bright and airy and open and lovely. And those countertops that I hated that I thought was part of the problem, I didn't have to change. I saved myself, I don't know, $10,000, $20,000 by painting what I could in order to remediate the thing that I thought was getting in my way, which was the countertops. And it wasn't, it was really something else. Right. And also you saved yourself that much headache too, because oh, yeah. you know renovation is not like an easy task. And then there's dust everywhere and there's stuff that's been moved because it's not in the place that it used to be because that's being redone. I remember when we got our floors done, we had to rip out our carpet because it was just done. It was, yeah. things were growing in the carpet. <laughs> it was the seaming where it comes together between rooms was coming apart. Yeah. Like it was just, it was finished. Yeah. So we redid it and put all hardwood floors. And I didn't realize that in doing so, they do it lengthwise. And so everything on one half of the house got moved to the other. I mean, we slept downstairs because there's, I mean, there's dust everywhere. I mean, it was crazy. It's a process. Yeah. Right. And, And, you know, painting your home is a process too, but it's a weekend project, right? Right. It's something that you don't have to say, I'm going to do this in one hour, like they do on the HGTV show, but it's doable. 
It's a little right. bit of elbow grease. And that elbow grease, in my opinion, is one of the easiest ways you can change the look and the feel of your home. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The power of paint, right? <laughs> but okay, here's the question. The question now is, how do you know what paint to do? If your goal is to create a beautiful home and to have a home that feels cozy and warm and inviting and all the things, all the feel words, if your goal is that, how do you know what paint to have in the living room and the dining room and the kitchen and the yada yada? How do you know? The easiest way, Michelle, to have that beautiful, cohesive looking home is to have one paint palette that you use in all open concept areas. So if I wanted to have my paint palette, and I'm saying palette because I want some color in there, right? I don't want it to just be all white or all sterile or all gray. By the way, the new trend is kind of a taupey back to topes. <laughs> oh, good to know. Mushroomy. But the easiest way is to create a color palette with a foundational color. So maybe you choose, maybe you choose like a warm white alabaster, we'll say. And then you choose two accent colors, a primary accent color and a secondary accent color. But that primary or that foundational color is the thing that you use. And this is just the easiest. You use on all walls, all hallways, all stairways in an open concept area. And you use the accent colors as ways to infuse that vibrancy and the personality into your space in those places. So when you're standing in your living room that is open to your dining room, you want to see those accent colors in each space, right? Yeah. And you can even take like an accent color. Let's say your accent color is blue and fuchsia. That would be fun. (laughs) Let's say you have a blue wall in your dining room. You can do that. And just a little bit of blue in your living room. And that marries that color palette. Makes That's it cool. so fun. Or even just, I know I, I take like the easy route. I'm like, I'll just switch up the pillows or I'll just yeah, have like you know, sure. something that has a different color or that same color throughout the house. Yeah, absolutely. Now here's the problem though. Let's talk about that for one second, because pillows are one of the things that is easy to do, right? You get that little redecorating bug. You want to go to target or wherever you go. Where's your favorite? Target is the best or like, I don't know, other home goods or something because it's cheap. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And those are so wonderful. But the thing that can happen so often is you get to home goods, you get to target, you're in the aisle and you're thinking, yep, I checked my bank account. I can spend this much for a pillow. I'm ready to get a new pillow. Crud, which pillow do I choose? There are so many pillows. And how do I know that that one that I like over there on shelf A I mean, it's, I can tell it's different than the one on shelf Z, but how do I know which one's going to look good in my home? Oh, Michelle, that is the trickiest thing. That is the hardest problem to solve. And you solve it by first understanding what your design style is. And I don't mean like your global style, like farmhouse or your global style, like industrial. It's those teeny tiny little details. Like what right. is it about that pillow? The details that- are key. <laughs> Yeah. And knowing those and marrying those with the color palette that you've chosen is critical. It's true. Cause sometimes you get something home and you're like, this kind of works, but I'm not sure if it really, like you, you have a sense of like, it feels a little off, but I guess it's okay. Cause that's kind of the color I was going for. But you know, you, you feel a bit off. You feel a bit off and you can solve that offness by really diving into understanding what your personal design style is. 
And I call that your aesthetic. And that takes a little bit of time and practice, but your moms are probably on Pinterest, right? They're probably hanging out there looking for chicken dinner, looking for the pretty living room. And when you're on Pinterest, here's the assignment for them. I know they have all the extra time, but here's what you do when you're waiting for your kid in the soccer line. Are you ready? <laughs> I do that all the time. Every night all I the feel. time. You go on Pinterest and you start just pinning like maybe five pictures of the living room. You're wanting to do a living room refresh. You pin five pictures of that living room, of a living room that you find gorgeous. But then stop there, first of all. Don't pin more than five because we we all know that Pinterest is a rabbit hole, right? But in those five pictures, you're going to go back to them the next night at soccer practice. And you're going to take a look and you're going to think about, gosh, what was it about this specific room that I love? And you're going to get uh, microscopic. You're going to go from that big picture, ooh, beautiful living room to the, oh my gosh, I really love the legs on that couch in that corner of that room. And I really love the weave on that basket. And there's no other things in this, you know, this space that has that weave. Or I love the colors that are on that wallpaper, but you're really kind of listing out those details. And that is the foundation of understanding your aesthetic. So knowing that will help your trip to Target be so much better because you're going to be able to then say, oh, that little detail I liked so much in all those pictures on Pinterest that repeated themselves over and over and over on Pinterest, that's on that pillow. That's the pillow for me. Also, it has the color palette. Right. I love that because then you're also saving yourself an extra trip to go to Target because- you accidentally bought three pillows and you weren't sure which one was going to work. You only had five minutes to rush in between your kid's soccer game, right? So yeah. you rush in, you grab the pillows. You're like, okay, I think these will work. You grab them, put them in the car and then you get them home. And you're like, wait, yeah. this one works. Yeah. Why don't these other ones work? Exactly. And, and then you have to take them back and that requires oh, okay. another trip. And there, right there. It, I mean, some of you probably don't take them back, right? Some of you probably just say, oh, I'm going to live with it. So I'm going to be stuck here. Or I missed the return date if you got it on Amazon or you forget about it and then you live with it. But here's what can happen when that piece, now pillow, $25 here and there, whatever, right? But what if that piece is a couch? What if that piece that you're thinking, which this happens, Michelle, I know we're laughing, but this really happens where someone is, we're hunkering for a couch. Husband said, yes, we're going to, we're going to Costco. We're going to Ashley Furniture. We're going wherever we're going to go because there's a big sale coming up and that one is on sale. And I think it'll do right. And they bring that home and it's within their budget and it's kind of cute. They think, but they get it home and then they realize, oh no, this is not working oh man, this is not working. And it's almost as if they then have to design around the thing that wasn't working. Big investment like that. Gosh, that's hard. That is so hard. So understanding your design style and what you like before you go is so critical. So critical. Right. And I think that it helps cut down on stuff as we were kind of alluding to either stuff that you forget about and don't take back or things that you just settle for. And you're like, I'm just going to live with it, but maybe it doesn't bring you joy and light you up. And so you end up with 20 pillows instead of five that you really love. So yeah, so true of knowing exactly also cuts down on the decision-making. Oh, 
for sure. You go to the store, you're like, oh, I already know. I can't have orange pillows. Yeah. So really cute, but those don't work. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about that. This is a few years ago. My husband, Greg, and I were redoing our bathroom floor. We had a few extra, I was going to say minutes. That's like HETV. We had a few extra days. Kiddos go back to school. And I love doing a project straight away when they're back at school. And we decided our bathroom isn't very big. It's our downstairs bathroom. We decided to redo the floor. It was old travertine, big tiles, very early 2000s, late 1990s. Not bad, not bad by any means, but we were ready for a change. So we go to just Lowe's and look in the tile section. And here's Greg. It was so cute. He was looking at all the tiles and he was, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. And I narrowed down my search within five minutes to three. And I said, these are the three that I really like. And not that I'm big and bossy, but I know my aesthetic so well that I was able to say, that one's really pretty. That would look really great in that home. That one would look, oh gosh, that would be perfect in Michelle's home, but not mine. These are the three that feel like my aesthetic. Greg, come over here. What do you think about these three? And I mean, you could see the relief on his face, quite honestly, that we're not spending hours in here. <laughs> but knowing too, that when you go in and you're bombarded by all these choices, if you have an idea of what your personal design style is, your aesthetic is, you're able to make quicker decisions. So true. So true. I was just listening to some other podcast about like clothing is similar, like what colors work well on you. Right. And so then when you go shopping or you go, you know, look for a new dress or something, it's the same thing. You don't have to look through 20,000 different things because you know, I only look good in these three colors. Yeah. And probably styles too, right? Your body type plays into that. And all of that happens by doing a little bit of work ahead of time. Sometimes you need a coach to help guide you through. Sometimes you need the cute little stylist in Nordstrom or trial and error to figure out that style does not look good on me. And the same thing is true with your home, only you don't have to leave your home to figure it out. (laughs) You can figure it out using Pinterest. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about some ways that busy moms can learn to love their home. So do you have some steps for them as far as like short steps that they can do? Do The first thing I want them to realize is that your homes deserve to be loved. You deserve to love the space that you are in. You just do. And if you think about how much of our lives we spend at home, I mean, there's 365 days in a year. 52 weeks, that's 52 weekends you could be spending in your home cooking pancakes for your kiddos. That's a lot of time. So I want to just encourage these mamas first to let them know that creating a space for them to love a home that they love coming home to at the end of the day, that is not frivolous. It is not excess. It is absolutely a way that they can nurture themselves and the people that they love the most. They live right there. So knowing that, first of all, and embracing like, hey, if I want to invest in this idea of creating a space that lights me up, that showcases my personality, I'm going to do that. And here's the hard truth, Michelle. Are you ready? Okay. This is the hard truth, the easiest truth and the most free version of how to really love your home. And you already said it. And that is removing some of the stuff. 
And that's super, super not sexy. I mean, it just is, right? But here's- you love decluttering. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really sexy. <laughs> we bring on our friend, Emily, and then she's going to be all for that. But the reality is when we are wanting to love our space, we are looking at it from its current space, how we have it. And the idea of making it beautiful or pretty or accessible or whatever, sometimes we just skip right to the end. We say, I'm going to go buy that pillow. I'm going to go buy that couch. That's going to make it pretty. But the real, the thing that we need to think about first is eliminating the things that are keeping us from loving it and loving the people that are there. And oftentimes that is the stuff that is there, the visual chaos, the way that it might make you feel. And the hard truth is that sometimes when you decorate first before removing the clutter, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It just is. It's true. Though I do have to say, I saw a cute video on Instagram of a pig running through a cute little mud thing yesterday. It was so cute. (laughs) But that's the exception. That was a cute pig. (laughs) So those are the first two things. It's kind of change your mindset of, it's okay for me to want a home space. And then also to think about, first of all, just removing removing excess, making your home more breathable, making it breathable. I think and that's then, so true. Yeah. And then from there, I would be amiss to tell you, like, go buy the pillow, go buy the thing, go, be, right? Because that's opposite of get rid of stuff. And that's opposite of what I just mentioned about formulating a plan. But really diving into this idea of understanding what your style is. And you don't have to do anything other than while you're cooking, look around to see in your space, what is it about that hutch that I have in the corner that I have loved for years and years and years and years? What is it about that? And can I bring more of that into my home? The same thing is true of the reverse. What is it about that hutch that I absolutely hate? Honestly, like I hate that piece and I want to kick it in the shins every time I walk by. What is it about it? And also, why am I hanging on to it? Right. And that's a whole different conversation. But paying attention to the next question, not just why is it beautiful or, you know, I like it. That's the first thing. I like it. It's lovely. But why? And then why? You're like an incessant toddler, Michelle. Why do I like it? Why do I like it? Do I like the color? Do I like the detail? Do I like the feet? Do I like the why? And that why, which doesn't have to take a lot of time, you literally can do it while you're washing dishes, folding clothes. Just look around. Why? The gold is in the details. And that why is what you need to pay attention to in order to make those changes when it's time to then go out to Target and buy the pillow. Go out and buy the new furniture. So it's all part of that It's a little bit bigger picture. It takes a little bit of time, but it's well worth it because you will save money. You'll reduce decision fatigue and you'll end up making purchases that are meaningful for your home. I love that. And even you could grab, because usually we have our phone on us, right? Yeah. We're crazy people. We always have our phone on us. So you could have a note, like the notes app and just use it and say, what things do I love? And just write down a couple and then throw it back in your pocket and you're finishing washing the dishes or whatever you're doing. But you could easily like think about it while you were doing something else because that's what we're doing. Right. And And then just quickly write it down. 
Yeah. So if I were to go into my living room right now, Michelle, and if I were to do that exercise, the things that I would notice are these. I'm just going to give you five. I love pom-poms or tassels. So you're going to see pom-poms and tassels on my pillows and textiles. I love texture. So the more texture you can have is going to make your home feel more nuanced. Love that. It also makes it feel cozy. I love anchors of black. So I'm going to see black in my curtain rods. I'm going to see black in my couch. I'm going to see black in other little details. I love pink and I'm a mom of three boys, but I have a pink piano and I have pink, a little bit of pink over here in the artwork, just a little bit, because I don't want to inundate everyone. And I love brass. Brass is on my mantle, brass is in my frames. And those, I mean, I just gave you five little design elements, tassels, pink, black, texture, brass. That is the making of your aesthetic. And how quick did that take? It took two seconds. You might not have that in your home. Your busy moms might not have that in their home. So they might be looking at their kitchen sink, looking around and thinking, well, I don't like any of it. Okay, that's okay. This is where you do that same thing when you're in line at soccer, because we all know that you have five minutes when you're waiting for your kiddo who's going to chat to his friend (laughs) to do the exact same thing with a picture that you are loving on Pinterest. These are the pictures that you want to step out of yourself and into that place because you picture yourself there and you can do the exact same thing. And those keep that list, that list right there on your phone for when you go back into the stores to do your shopping. Right. And usually you're looking at Pinterest on your phone, right? As you said, you're sitting in the car line waiting for your kid or you're at the soccer game sitting and watching and you're not always paying attention. We know this. Or maybe you're just sitting there staring at the soccer field, but you're thinking about your living room or whatever, and you could easily write things down. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a couple other things too, those are a little bit more time, but a couple other things you can do to kind of infuse your personality into your space to make it just a little bit more you is you can immediately, I love this tip, Michelle, is to remove the couch pillows. You know, the ones that came with the, from Ashley Furniture when we went with our husbands, right? Now we're married to the couch. (laughs) Remove the pillows and bring in other pillows that, and we just talked about that at Target, but bring in others that are a little bit more you. They're a little bit more playful. They're a little bit more fun. They're a little bit more your color. They're a little bit, they already matched that test that you just did on Pinterest, right? Those five things, do they have tassels, texture? Are they colorful in your color palette? Bring those in. And that immediately infuses personality into your space. And then bring the outdoors in. Green goes with everything. Absolutely. And the fun thing about green is that, you know, if you think about a plant as an accessory, as a decorating accessory, you can spend $25 on a pillow and somehow that's okay. But somehow $25 on a plant, because I might not keep it alive for six months, is not. There are, of course, plants that are easier than others. But bringing in greens, even if it is faux, I prefer live, even, even if. I know that it's going to be a one-year investment, even if, and I'll do my very best. <laughs> but being <laughs> in green, it goes with everything and it infuses that personality as well. I love that. Yeah, we kill all of our plants. So we have to have fake ones. Yeah. So even joke, my husband loves plants and he tries his darndest to keep them alive. And we even have a greenhouse, but we joke, even the kids joke, oh, you're putting it in the greenhouse to die. Like oh. everything in the greenhouse dies. 
we just we cannot keep plants alive. We well, love them. Yeah. But like they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We have, we have fake ones. Put them I, around. I know. But hey, take a risk. Take a risk with a plant called pothos. Okay. P-O-T-H-O-S. You can do you have an IKEA near you? Yeah. Okay. You can find it in the plant section. Okay. Um, I love actually getting my plants at Ikea. That's where I will go first because they're inexpensive. They can grow right there in Ikea, in a store with grow lights. So that means I probably have enough natural light somewhere in my home to do the same thing. They can probably live. (laughs) They can probably live. Yeah. But pothos is going to be so forgiving. And you know when you need to water it because it just starts kind of looking at you sad. It starts drooping a little. Yeah, just like you right there. <laughs> it droops a little. I'll go look for one. You should. And then tell me how it goes. Okay, yeah. definitely. We'll try to keep a couple alive. My Every time we go to the kids and Steven go to Home Depot, they get maybe a couple of plants, or like one or two. They're, they've named them. They put them in their rooms. They try to keep them alive. They can do it. They can do it. But they've died. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other things that are super easy to do for your mamas. One is cheap, is really inexpensive and maybe even free, but that is to turn off the overhead lighting. So when you're in your home, you use ambient lighting instead of your overhead light. And that will immediately infuse that sense of cozy into your space. Using warm light bulbs instead of cool will do that too. And sometimes, of course, that means like, oh, I need to get a table lamp that's where you could go back to that plan of understanding your design style to know which lamp to get. But having that kind of soft light just immediately makes it cozy, kind of like Christmas. That's why we like those Christmas lights so much, right? I know. we. I love like the warm light. And so that's all I turn on. Yeah. I do not like the overhead lights. <laughs> yeah, it's too abrasive. It's too harsh. It is. It just feels like you're, yeah, it's like, bleh. Yeah. The other thing too, is to think in terms of layers and layers and texture and layers and texture go hand in hand, but they create kind of that nuance of your design. They create that feeling of I'm done here, right? That's why we like the look of pillows on a couch, or that's why sometimes when we look at a wall and we see curtains hanging on the wall, that is a layer upon a layer. There's the wall, which is a flat surface and the layer in front of it, which is kind of the finishing touch. So thinking about how you can add layers, a throw blanket over your couch, of course, right? A couple little pillows, even on your mantle, when you are layering, like you are maybe having some pictures, instead of having them flat surface, if you layer one slightly in front of the other, a plant slightly in front of that, a candle slightly in front of that, you have a layered look, more of a 3D rather than a 2D. And that is something that you could easily do without having to go buy anything. Right. I love that. I think I do that naturally, but yes, our kids love blankets and they love cozy stuff. So all the pillows are soft. All the blankets are like super soft and easily found. You know, they're on like a couple chairs because they just the, in the living room, they go curl up with them and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's inviting, right? It's inviting. Yeah. You want to have a home that feels inviting. And if you don't like, you know, the pillows and the soft and the stuff, I mean, that would be your aesthetic too, right? But usually the invitation is an outward one. Can I see that texture as much as I can feel it? 
can I see that layer as much as I can manipulate it? That's the idea. Right. And also what feels comfortable, like things for me that feel inviting may feel different for somebody else. So when you walk in your home, do you feel comfortable and like inviting or do you feel kind of like, I don't like that? Yes. Okay. And pay attention to that. I mean, that really is the key. If you are coming home at the end of a long day and you don't like how you feel, something needs to change. And we know too, that sometimes when you walk in and you see, oh gosh, the kids are here. All their soccer stuff is right here on the floor. This is my world, Michelle. We are all soccer. All the soccer stuff is on the floor. That is very different because that can be put away. That is very different than, oh my gosh, that couch I've had since the 1970s is sitting right here again. Like I come home from a vacation, you know, you might clean your house before you go on vacation. This is a good example, right? All that stuff is already put away. So we don't have to worry about what it looks like when you come home. That is the natural state of your home, right? How do you feel when you come home? You should feel like, oh, I'm ready to be in my own environment, ready to eat my own food again, ready to go back to my own bed again. But if you come home and you're like, I hate this place. I don't like this. It's not inspiring. It doesn't feel warm and inviting. It feels like no wonder why I don't invite my book club over, right? No wonder why I don't say yes to play dates because I don't feel here. And that you can learn how to, to change. I love it. So I have a question. So what if you have like, everybody has this, they have some furniture that's like hand me down furniture and they're like, oh, it's okay. It kind of works in the space, but I don't have enough money to change it or to buy a new ottoman or whatever that is. Do you have some helpful tips on like how to make that more something you love? Yes, absolutely. So it depends on what kind of furniture it is, right? So let's say it is a wooden piece. Let's just say this is the, you've got it as a hand-me-down. It's a credenza in your dining room, we'll say. And it's functional. It's not broken. It works. It holds all the dishes you need it to for Thanksgiving dinner. But like I said earlier, you walk by and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to kick the thing. (laughs) We don't want to do that. What can you do to breathe new life into it in order to make it more yours, to make it fit into your family's story and, you know, what you want to portray in your home? A couple things. One is super simple and you can just change out the hardware. Easy peasy, right? Just change out the hardware. Maybe it's a $30 fix. But what if it's a tone, like a wood tone that you're like, oh, this is like so 1980s. And we know that wood from the 1980s sometimes hit the bill and sometimes missed the mark completely. Well, there are some modifications here. Can you sand it down, strip it down and go light natural airy? Can you not even sand it down and just paint over it using chalk paint? Can you put it somewhere else in your home? I call this remediating bullies, right? You just are remediating them because they they are a bully in your room. You've addressed them as they're not quite working. And now these are some solutions to that without having to go break the bank or bring in something new. So if you are removing it completely, that is a different thing, right? You might need to bring in something else from elsewhere or your home, buying it or swapping furniture around. Yeah, yeah. So those are three simple solutions you can try. The other thing too is looking at it and seeing like, how is it styled, right? So it might be fine as it is, 
but the hardware is addressed. Perfect. I actually like that wood tone, we'll say, or maybe I like that it's painted white or whatever, but what, how is it styled? So do you have contrasting elements there? Have you layered the pieces on top of it? So like if, if I'm thinking about that credenza and let's say I've already gone in and I, it was painted white and I have white lamps on top, that might be too much lamp. That might be too much white, I mean. So is there anything contrasting that will set the white apart from the white? Could I add in some layering pieces like a pothos, for example, that plant that will drape over the edge in a pot that is part of the color palette that you're bringing into your home and not white? Because we want to have that contrast there too, which opposites attract. It's a very good thing. What kind of details are on maybe that planter? Do you like those little polka dots? like hobnail, for example. That's a detail I like. I'm going to put that in here. Do we need to elevate? Here's a good one, Michelle. So if we're styling that, for example, and we have one flat line of lamp, artwork, plant, and it is one flat line, if we just elevate and start layering some of those things in front of each other, that's going to make that more interesting, create that nuance of design, that allows my eyes to say, I want to be here rather than, oh, I hate that. <laughs> right. And when we thought the problem was the credenza, it's actually the styling of it. So you can play around with that, but altering the height is a big idea too. I love that. Cause it is like, you're creating the three-dimensional, as you said, layering or also with the height, you're creating different things of stacking books, different ways, or, you know, yep. other things elevating. Maybe you have a cute little cake stand that you put a little plant on. Maybe you have books to put one lamp on, but the other one stays low, that kind of thing. I love that. Now let's say that piece of furniture that in my mind is called a bully. That piece of furniture is a dark leather couch, we'll say. And you're okay with the arms. We'll say the arms are fine, but it's just dark. So if we are remediating that bully, if we're trying to make that bully make more sense in our home, look around and let's see how it's playing nicely in the yard with the other things. What other furniture pieces do you have in that space? Do you have things that are matchy-matchy or do you have things that are fighting against each other? So let's say we have all matchy-matchy. We've got the set because we went to Ashley Furniture, which by the way, there's no, nothing wrong with Ashley Furniture. I just, it's the first thing that came to mind. But if we have a set, one of the things that you can do to remediate a bully is to just break up the set. So maybe you take, you have two living rooms as so many of us do, or you have chairs in your bedroom. You take the chairs that are in that set and you just swap them out from the other. And now you have maybe the brown couch with the two light colored chairs. That's super easy, a quick way to transform that space. The other thing is to think about how that brown is playing in your in your home, in that room. Is it really heavy? And I don't mean heavy by weight. I mean heavy by the visual appeal, which sometimes is the case. I mentioned I have a black couch black by its very nature, if I didn't have anything to help offset that black, it would be a ginormous bully in my room. Remember, I have that pink piano. But the black makes sense because I have brought in very textural, a little bit oversized cream pillows. And they're layered there. They're not, it's not like pillow fest. You know, I don't have the target aisle of cream pillows on my couch. 
they're cozy, but it's offsetting that black so that when I look at it, I am not just seeing a ginormous sea of black. It's now contrasting. So think about Okay, so I have to ask, since you have boys or since you have kids, when you change things up, do they go, mom, you're changing the pillows again. I liked those pillows. No, they don't. In fact, I love when they go away to grandma's for the weekend and I do a quick little project. They actually, there's pride in ownership. It's, I love it. Not, I have three boys, not all of them notice, but in particular, one weekend they went away. I, I brought in a, from Ikea, a storage bin that was like four metal containers that I turned into a credenza where we put our shoes in the entryway. Cute little lamp, cute little plant, cute little thing, you know, style it like I just mentioned. The minute they walked home, my middle son, Henry, was like, mom, oh my gosh, I love this. And that's usually, if they notice, is a reaction. Sometimes they just don't notice. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you get that? Some. Uh, they're very traditional. They like things the way they like them. So yeah. if I change too much, they're kind of like, oh, they like freak out. Right. But I did like clean up the pantry and I made a, I put stuff in baskets, like buckets kind of instead. And one of my, my youngest was like, thanks mom for making a snack bucket. Yeah. He was wondering where are all the snacks, you know, and he was, now he was glad it was all in one bucket he could go to. And made it so much easier for him. Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes too, if it's a common space, Michelle, I will ask my kids, Hey, I'm wanting it to feel a little bit more cozy. Now I already have, remember, I've already done that, all that work to know what my aesthetic is. And I don't want to bully all my family into saying, Hey, you have to like what I like. But I do want to have their opinions because this is their home too. I want them to feel comfortable in the space. So I will ask them, hey, I'm thinking about changing up the artwork in here. We've got some pinks. We've got some greens. We've got some yellows. By the way, I'm the only girl. So pink is staying. (laughs) But what color do you want to see? And I'll ask their opinion. And I do think that whether or not you completely, I don't want to say allow it, but you know what I mean? Like, go totally to embracing their opinion or just bringing that as part of your compromise. Like we all do in, in adult life and allowing them to be part of the decision-making, I think is wonderful. So great way to have them tell their story too there. Yeah. I love that. We were looking into like ways to redo, you know, their rooms. Cause when they were little, of course you redid them one way. We painted them each a color that we thought would grow with them that they could kind of change up things on the wall, change up whatever they wanted in the room, but the color was kind of would stay. They could do a lot with that. Yeah. So we have our daughter who's 13 and she has a beautiful mural of like a tree, a decal that sticks on. And then she had butterflies on it, like three dimensional kind of butterflies that were so pretty, but they were when she was like, three till 10 or 12. So she's now like, I'm done with the butterflies. I want this. And she's like redoing her room to be the way she wants. So it's kind of fun to watch what she wants. The same color or is she going to color? Good. Yeah. Because they have personalities too. Right. You know, and one of the things I, I do want to mention this before I forget it about telling your story in your home and having you want your family members to feel all welcome here. You don't want to just bamboozle them with what you like. 
one of the things I absolutely love, Michelle, is to frame kid art. Now, I I don't post it on my fridge. I don't do that because I, I like to have that clean palette. But what I love to do is to take their, and I do call it frameable art, you know, the ones that they maybe had the art docent at school doing, the painted pictures with the frayed edges. Take those and even with an Ikea frame, a, a simple, cheap $6 Ikea frame, ones that have the mat because matting immediately elevates the look of your art. Put it in that, put it on your wall, and there you go. Not only is it gorgeous and sweet and cute, but it tells the kids immediately, I'm important. It tells them my stuff is important enough to be hanging out here with this beautiful pink piano. It communicates more than just the pretty frame. Right. I love that because there are there are those ones you're like, oh, this is cute, or you've done a great job with this. And then there's the other ones, but you're like, this is don't look, I'm putting it in the recycle. <laughs> right. You just, all you did was like scribble over this thing. Like this took no thought at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how right. many times have I put those in the recycle? I yeah. <laughs> Especially at the end of the year when they used to come home with like buckets of like all their art stuff from that, you know, that was up in the classroom after the end of yeah. the year. And you'd be yeah. like, oh, and you have to like sift through it all. Right. The side note, you know, I used to be a first grade teacher. I used to make a scrapbook for each of my kids, like the big construction paper, right. have them bound. And I would, you know, not frame, but I would post them on the construction paper page, one or two really, I think, frameable art pieces or like their nice writing from that month. And then that was the gift. So that I would, <laughs> so any teachers listening, do that instead of sending the bucket loads of paper home because moms are overwhelmed. <laughs> so true. We had, we did that. Our kindergarten teacher did that and we still have the book. Yeah. Um, we had yeah. one of the the moms like volunteer. It was a position at the beginning of the year, like a volunteer mom, like you're going to be putting the books together and this is yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. Right. And, and you had, do one as the teacher to give the uh, example and then let them take it away. But she just had folders she'd put like for every kid and then Every yeah. month or so they do like a page or a couple of pages. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so many good tips. I love this. I feel like I, I mean, I feel like we could talk forever, but I don't want your moms to leave this conversation feeling overwhelmed. I yes. don't. You. And so what I, what I want to just say in closing is embracing your home as important enough to invest in it, not necessarily monetarily, but invest in the idea that your home space should feel like a hug at the end of a long day. It should feel like you can't wait to come home to it because that is the safe space. It should feel so anti-claustrophobic from the chaos of the stuff that you aren't managing the stuff, you're spending time with your kids and you deserve that. We are all busy moms and we all deserve that. So I, I just want your moms to be encouraged that it is all, it's a process, but it there's simple things that you can do. And those tips that I, I scattered through here and there are part of that, that bigger picture of just creating a space that reflects your story and your style, right? But ultimately should just feel like a loving space for you and your family. Yeah. And I love that, that we've talked about, you know, all these different tips, but you don't have to do all of them or even one or two. I mean, I love the idea of you just, just look at Pinterest and see five pictures, not 40,000, 
but yeah. just to see five of what kind of things do you love? And then take note of that. And next time you're at the store, think about that. It's not something like you have to go and redo all of your living room. Like it's, right. it's like slow little steps. Like just yeah. think about it before you uh, purchase stuff. Exactly. Think about that feeling of how you feel in your home and the next step to not feeling that way. Yeah. Right. And just to think about, as you've said, like the things that aren't working and maybe why they aren't working. Yeah. And that doesn't take a whole lot. I think mostly if you don't walk into your space, as you said, and feel like it's giving you a hug, like you're uh, happy to be home and you've kind of let off a burden, then kind of figure out why and make it lovely. Yeah. And can you replicate that in the room that you don't feel that way in? Right. And here's the thing, Michelle, because if you feel that way in your home, if you feel that, I feel like I can let that burden go. I feel like I can easily invite my friends into the space. Does it look Pinterest perfect? Does it look Instagram worthy? Who cares? You feel that way. You feel that way in your home. You love what you feel and see. It's if you don't, what we do about it. If you don't feel that way, there are ways you can change that and remediate that. And that's right. I love that. Yeah. yeah, It's, I often say like, it doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect because we live here. It's, it's it's constantly in flux. Like we're living here. That's why it doesn't look like a magazine. Yes. Now, do I want to hire that maid? Yes, actually I do. That cleaning service. Yep. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Teenage boys are messy and stinky. And all the things, all the things. I thought toddler demo was bad, but teenage boys, they're special. They're lovely. They're so much fun. (laughs) They're, they're 100% in. (laughs) And I I would not change it for the world. Oh, well, thank you, Danny, so much. This has been so much fun. We'll have to get together again. Where can people find you if they're like, I just need to ask you more questions or they want to listen to fun things? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. So you will find me on my website, figandfarmathome.com, but mostly on my podcast, which is the same name, Fig and Farm at Home. And I do hang out on Instagram just a teeny tiny bit, but not really. I have a community with my podcast on Facebook, and I'll give you that link so that you can share it with your audience. But if they want to learn more and dive right in, I do have a course that talks about all of this in much more detail. Oh, I love that. There's some special details for our listeners that will list in the show notes just for that course. But yeah, we're really excited and I think people will love just getting to know you a little bit better and the small, tiny little things that they can do that make such a big impact and don't take a whole lot of stress or thought process is what I want to say. Like you're not taking a lot of thought of like, oh, I have to like deal with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that. No one's making you. If you want your home to reflect you and feel the way that you want it to feel, we can help you with that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Did this podcast bless you? Did you learn something new? Did this podcast encourage you? Please leave our mom a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it blessed you, encouraged you, or challenged you in some new way that is helping you. 
If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else that needs community too? I also would love if you could take 30 seconds for me and leave me a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know that you are actually enjoying the show and that it is blessing you. Plus, it makes me happy to hear from you. Come on over to our free community, birdmichelle.com, and grab your free gifts. I have free productivity programs and everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses, or connecting. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode.